it. For more, come tomorrow. The channel 28. I don't know whether, I believe that most of us here even have still not recovered. You know, I I called Reverend William and he picked the phone. I said, why have you picked the phone? He said, I shouldn't worry. He's in the bed with the phone on. I said, put the phone off and then, you know, but Reverend Chris, I want to say thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah, we don't take it lightly at all. I, we give you problems before we finally gather for camp, but as you can see, eventually we do. <laughs> you know, and for pouring so much into us, and um, like it was said, we all have our one thing. Some people, their one thing has four paragraphs, but it doesn't matter. It's still one thing. It's one thing. The best they could summarize it was four paragraphs. But my prayer is that that one thing will come to pass. And next year, by this time, you'll be able to say, I made it. And I'm still standing. And I'm still there. And I'm still pressing on. So we don't take it lightly at all. Even when we fall asleep. Even the person who was supposed to be soldiering those who were sleeping was sleeping. And he said that he was testing how it is that... But it was a blessing. And this morning, I don't even think I have to say much because you have heard a word for five full days, you know, and it is, it's been awesome. And we did well. All of you, put your hands together for yourself. Yeah. I just believe that, Reverend William, you have to get us a very big cross to put here so that some people can go on the cross. <laughs> But I think you should make it metal, metal. Please, no ceramics, no ceramics. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. I know that the scripture said a broken and a contrast spirit. God will never reject, but, you know, I don't think it's included statues. But this, this how these statues do, they need to be broken. Anyway, I didn't say that, sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying that I think that some of these um, statues, do you understand? They need to be broken. So we broke it. I mean, we broke it. But, but anyway. Yeah, we'll pay for it. And then if we go in there, I said, we'll break it again. <laughs> yeah, don't have, all, the only altar you need is Christ. Don't have altars and monuments in your house. It's not good. You say it's an ornament. A spirit can take the form of anything. I feel like I'm speaking to somebody who just bought an ornament. I hope you haven't lost your receipts. Just take it back. Yeah, I've told you this before. It's happened in Birmingham. It's even recently when we're in South Africa. Before we had even gotten to the shop, just as we approached the shop, we're just passing. And the heaviness from the shop came onto the, cor- the, the corridors we're working. I was like, what is going on in the shop? And when we turned, we realized that they were selling the things we like to decorate our houses with. And then the woman who was selling it, she was full-blown witch. It was a, just a foul spirit. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't. If you want something nice, take a picture of yourself. <laughs> You're nicer than anything. Oh, I, somebody doesn't believe. I know they've been telling you you're not nice. I think you think that the broken heart you had is because you are not nice. It's not that. He doesn't see nice things. And she cannot recognize a nice man. Yeah. But you are nice. Yeah. You are powerful. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Deuteronomy 28. This month, I know, is the month of forgiveness. And we'll, I pray that this month, Wednesdays, you also be in the house of God. Because, and on Sundays, you also be in the house of God. Because as for forgiveness, all of us in this room, we are at one stage of it. Either we are receiving forgiveness, giving forgiveness, or fighting forgiveness. But we are all somewhere. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Every one of us will have to battle when it comes to that. And that's why we have it as a command and an instruction. It's not one that we can do. I don't care how saved you are. There are some people it's not easy to forgive. There are some situations it's not easy to let go. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Unfortunately, scripture doesn't say, as for this kind, don't forgive. Or as for this person, don't forgive. So my prayer is that as the month goes on, you know, that every teaching that we have in that season, tap into it. Because when the spirit of that word is there, let revelation come to you so that you can deal and battle with what you have to. Amen. Because forgiveness, nobody can do it for you. And you realize that the Lord's prayer, Matthew, Luke, even Mark 6, you realize that he's telling us that, hey, this one, you can't run away from it. You want to see the overflow of God. You want to see the hand of God. You want to, you have to forgive. Yeah. One of the years I was learning, studying a lot on forgiveness, I got a book and the woman had broken down the various illnesses that come with unforgiveness. So much. You, you can easily not take a lot of medication if the grace for forgiveness comes upon you. There are complex diseases that come. You see how we say, don't smoke, don't drink. You two don't keep unforgiveness in your heart. The same, it's causing the same damage. There are various kinds of cancers that unforgiveness will bring. Heart conditions, hypertension, high blood pressure, various, various. That's why you see that even in tribes and in communities where a particular trait is, a particular illness is there. So there are some people who like fighting and quarreling and everything becomes contentious. You see the diseases they carry. As for me, I never forget. As for me, I don't. If you cross me for life. Till death do us part. <laughs> Last week I promised that I will touch on curses, isn't it? Because the reason why I just thought that I'll give you a few nuggets on it is because, especially for us, you know, we have to make sure that as a Christian, we don't go into any of the extremes. So you have a whole Christian doctrine that's just based on curses and demonology. They spend their whole life. It's almost as if God doesn't exist. Do you understand? And they almost glorify demons and, do you understand? and they, they just stretch it. They take all the juice out of it and they don't leave anything and never give God the center stage. Every time they set a table for, yeah, that's one extreme. Then you have the other extreme too that is like, you know, what are you talking about? By the grace of God, we're in Europe, you know, this kind of demons, they don't operate in, yeah, I mean. You see, it's your lack of depth. You are not deep in the things of God. That's why, you know, these are that, yeah, yeah. You see, that's also foolishness. You're not recognizing it does not mean it's not there. Do, 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 do you get it? Yes, I mean, it doesn't. If, if you don't believe that you have um, lungs, I mean, just keep smoking. One day, you know, they'll scan and show you that actually... 
the, the, yeah, do you get it? Yeah, yeah. If you fail your exams and you keep failing your exams and you keep failing, you fail. Yeah, because the spirit realm is real. Yeah, the good one, the bad one, it is real. And as a Christian, you should not be ignorant of it. You should have understanding of it, and you should know its place, and you should know how to maneuver and walk so that you don't also worship that. The only person we worship is God. You understand? Everything else, we need wisdom, understanding. Sometimes we need deliverance, but with the power of the word takes us through all this. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Deuteronomy 28. You know, you realize that I just want to read two verses there, verse 1 and then verse 15. It says that, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these cases will come upon you and overtake you. So there's both of them, there's overflow. <laughs> but as a Christian and as a child of God, and as one that has been saved, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, by the word of God, where salvation has come into your life, you have to understand that if you focus on verse 1 and 2, you don't need to worry about verse 15 going. And the, the problem with us sometimes is that after verse 2, we quote all the rest. We declare it, we pray, you understand, I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I'm blessed in the, you know, the fruit of my womb, I'm blessed. Yes, but verse 1 and verse 2 will bring you there. In the same way, you can get to verse 15 and then go into verse 16. My city is not cursed, my this is not cursed. Meanwhile, verse 15, you are living with it. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to understand that God has not raised us as Christians to, to curse people or to walk in a curse. In fact, when you look in the New Testament, you realize that the only thing Jesus cursed was a fig tree. But somehow, right from the pulpit, do you understand? In fact, the pulpit has been used to scare people into submission by the fear of a curse. I know a pastor who went to one of his church members' house and went to pour rice in front of that. I mean, I, I don't, why didn't you cook the rice? It was raw rice. Boil it at least. Went, went to sprinkle rice in front of the church members' front door. And the person also panicked and called us that the rice is there. <laughs> I said, if your floor is not dirty, gather the rice and wash it. <laughs> Go and make some jollof rice or fried rice or something. Do, do you get it? Yes. But it's our ignorance in various categories that makes us even walk in that fear. But I'll read two or three scriptures to let you know that the way the Lord has set us up is not for cases to rule us or control us. But to know what they are and to put them in their right place. 
and live your life. There are some people who have just weird things. I don't wear yellow. I don't wear red. Red brings us this. We don't do this. On Tuesdays, we have to do this. On Wednesdays, you are building altars that God has not built. Because that thing is a sign of fear, not faith. But it sounds deep. And some of us, we even chase those things. This is a very powerful man of God. Why? Because he creates a lot of fear in you. You see, because it's not that the word, the revelation of the word is not true. It's true. That sometimes a revelation will come that something in your house is not right. Something in the family. It's a revelation for you to deal with it. It's not for you to become panic. This man, don't talk to her again. Do you understand? When you go, there are things that she has given you. Take them back to her. Sanctify it and use it. If you don't need to sell it, you're going back to her. Hey. Have we seen how we have created traditions and monuments around things? Sometimes subconsciously, but it's our ignorance and our lack of knowledge that we are blessed and not cursed. And that a cursed costless shall not come. So when you are walking by the word, and you are walking in the word, and you are in obedience with the word, there is no curse that will come. And any familiar case, any family generational case, because of the word that is in you, it does not able to enter and penetrate you. That's why Numbers 23, the Bible says in verse 19 and 20, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Even though the king was pushing him to balance it, he said, no. In fact, when you look at the two verses before, what brought that verse about? Verse 17 and 18 says that, And he took up his oracle and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come curse Jacob for me, and come denounce Israel. And he said, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? And that is your story. Yeah. And that is what you should walk in. And that is what you should stand on. Yeah. You see, culturally, it sometimes it makes it sound spookier or more spiritual. If they, we have to deal with. That is why even when you go to these uh, occults and things, you know, they, they create a, a, an atmosphere. Because when they pour the powder on the floor and they pour powder on themselves and they shake something, if you went to an occult and he was in the street and said, come on in, come on in, have a seat. Yes, you know, and then it's, you won't feel the thing, isn't it? Sometimes they're even giving you just a bottle of water that they've caught in the tap. Yeah, yeah. Some of us come from nation countries that they sell anything to us. Special oil, special water. Special powder, special paper, special. You too, can't you take your water and pray over it? Can't you take? But you rather buy that one. Sachet water. We are saying that we are in the overflow. God has brought us to a place that we are going to walk a journey of the overflow. In that overflow, it is God who has put us there. Man cannot curse you. 
Nothing can curse you. And the longest you know the God in whom you have trusted and believed in. And there are some of us also, it's not that, that we are afraid of curses. We like to curse. And we want to go to places where they will even assist us to curse. Can you curse this one for me? <laughs> Can you curse this one for me? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I'll take you there. Deuteronomy 18, the Bible tells us something. Let me read a bit of scripture. We'll be going soon. I'll give you two, three things. Hopefully that will help us and then we are gone. How many are going to walk in the blessing and not the curse? You see, what you have to realize about life is that life avoids vacuum. So the emphasis is not even on deliverance. Because if you are delivered and nothing is replaced, it's only a matter of time. They go and bring greater demons. To come and torment you more. And that is why sometimes you just sit under the word of God. And you are delivered. You don't know when this habit went. You don't know when this addiction went. You don't know when you stopped this. You don't know when you changed this. But the word has come to fill you. And is driving out all kinds of things out of your life. Deuteronomy 18. The Bible says in verse. I'll read from verse 9 to 14. I want to read the NLT. Because the scripture is warning us against it. Because I, growing up, realized that we had people we knew who were older than us who were supposed to be Christians, and still when they needed things, they went to Ocos. Because it's like, this one is a very serious matter. This is not Jesus' matter. When you enter, verse 9, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. That is why for those of us, maybe you have come from the Caribbean, from Africa, whatever. Don't arrive in the UK and come and imitate the detestable customs of the nation. It's a case. You see here, don't call it a case. They'll call it new age, modernization, something, 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 something. Do you get it? Yeah. I went, I, Matalan, Matalan, Matalan. Now, on the front of the matter, I don't know which matter where it, they had put their rainbow colors. I say, verse 10, for example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. Yeah. When we were young, in fact, we don't know whether that story is true or whatever. They had something that they called money medicine. Is that the translation? It's like, is, is it? Yeah. It's like, and, and you had people who took their children. For, so that they can get wealth. And then you realize that whoever that child is or the children are, they'll never do well. They become useless. So it's like, which child would you like to sacrifice? So that the rest of us can be wealthy. <laughs> and do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft. That is what, as a Christian, you can't go to the back of the day and say, oh, I am Aries, I am Spices, I am Scorpion. Are you a Scorpion? Are you a goat? Are you a goat? Do you, are you really, really a goat? When you look at your face in the mirror, do you look like a goat? Are you a fish? Some are really bad, though. Some are really yeah. Interpretation of it. 
You see, haven't you realized that the interpretation of it, when, when you read it in the morning or you read it for your week, somehow your week directs itself. This week you're going to meet somebody and they're going to be, and, and you're looking for the somebody to meet. <laughs> and you will meet the somebody. Yeah. Sometimes it even creates issues for you because maybe you're in a good relationship. But then you read the thing, it says that the relationship you're currently in is not the one you should be in. And this and this will happen. And the poor guy or the poor girl will go and fall in the trap. It says that do not cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call for the spirits of the dead. Even from the pulpit, sometimes for a strong desire to have power, we go and consult some of these things. So that you see us as powerful. Yeah, right now if I can count the spiders in your room, won't you be excited? Why would you want to call the spirits of the dead? When your Bible says that let the dead bury their dead. And you, you are among the living. What, what, what spirit do you, what do you want to call? And we get excited about it. Yeah. Ah, your mother died 24 years ago. Yeah, because I was seeing the number 24. She says I should tell you that it is well. But if it was well, would she be gone? You see how we end up working even in cases ignorantly by just accepting some of these things. And we just go right into it. And we pass it on to our children. Yes. As for this family, when is this date in the month of October? You know, we have to gather and go by the seaside and try. It says that anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Which means that as a Christian, that should not be your focus. That should not be what drives you, what directs you. Some of us, if we have to pray normal, let's say, let's pray for soul winners. You fall asleep. Let's pray for church growth. You fall asleep. Let's pray for, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the church or for even the homeless. You'll be bored. Let's break down the water from your father's house, from your mother's house, and from your garden's house. Let's cry, let's rise up and take it from there. Father, I take Then your, all your veins will come and then you'll be sweating and then you'll be gyrating. If you want to break the altars, take your Bible. Declare the word over your home, over your children, over your family, over your finances, over your health. Declare the word and say it over and over again. Since you've been sweating and shaking, haven't you seen that you haven't been going? As a Christian, don't be moved by feelings of fear or emotions. You see, our emotional Christianity is that what makes us go like a wave. Because emotions are not static. 
They are not stationary and they are not even leveled. They go up and down. So sometimes you are excited. Reverend, Reverend Sam, I feel like God is saying that we should reach the nations. Reverend Sam, please. I don't think, I can't sit still. I need to do, I, I, I'm on fire. I need to go to the cross. And then that same person within a few weeks. Reverend Sam is calling. Then they'll cut the phone. I can't talk now. You see them a, a few months later. I said, sister or brother, how are you? Reverend Sam, you know, please. I don't want to engage in this right now. So, can I? Your service of God must not be an emotional one. Must not be based on feeling. I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. It was just a cold air. They just opened the door and cold air came into the room. That's why even our marriages sometimes struggle. Because sometimes when you see your husband or wife, she looks beautiful and delicious and sumptuous and it's like, just want to eat it up. And then sometimes, too, she looks like a reggae boy. <laughs> See, when you are taking those vows in sickness and in health, in that, right? <laughs> then suddenly, she's coming near you and you're like, talk to the hand. See, because what we should realize is that as we go in a day in day out, there are things around us that we are quite ignorant about, that we don't know. It's not everything we know. The Bible says we know in part. Even our prophecy is in part. Do you understand? So we have to just know that even by association, by family, by whatever, in and out, there are cases around. Do you understand? There are cases in homes. So you cannot define your life by that. I was looking at, um, I found a word. They say implication. Do you know what an implication is? To speak a case. And they said that for a case to be established, it has to be spoken. So even sometimes there's a case there, but it has to be said. And that's why parents, be careful. Spouses, be careful. The spoken word. It has spirit and it has life. Yes. And you say, my husband is a foolish man. I keep telling you people, I think he's foolish, but you that you want to marry a foolish man, who are you? <laughs> yeah, because the fool was there. Proverbs 6, 6. <laughs> you went to marry him. Or you went to marry him. Yeah. You see your child going there, you are dense. Ah. I saw you, you are dense. You are dense. Then when you go for their school report and they've got three over 200, you can't understand how they got there. Even sometimes, people are cursed and then they get married and the poor spouse becomes affected by that. Yeah. Because somebody has given some woman serious broken heart. Serious, 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 serious. Yes. And maybe at that time, she got pregnant at the time, 
and you swore by life, this baby is not my own. Inshallah. This baby is not, I mean, with your straight face. And the woman looked at you and said, you, it will never be well with you. You never see a baby, never. Because it says a case costless shall not come. A case with a cause. That is why when you become saved, you have to go into the way because you don't even know the things you have done. You can't even list them. You don't even know which ones have hit the mark and which ones haven't. But Christ saves us, delivers us, washes us, cleanses us. A few things that bring a curse. Number one, stubbornness. Malachi 2.2, 2, it says that if you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. So you can be blessed and cursed. I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. There is something about obedience to the word of God. It just delivers you from curses. Listen, that is why our parents who serve God in a certain way have had a certain kind of life. I was thinking about this morning and I said, as far as I can remember, my mother has served her God all the days of her life. She's not a preacher. She's not a pastor. She's nothing. But as for kneeling by her bedside every day, never stopped. Never, ever, 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 ever stopped. Yes. And she would always use the word of God. She would always use. I even remember as a child that there was severe unforgiveness in all of us. <laughs> Am I lying? I'm not lying. Yeah. All of us. And we had a right and a good reason for the unforgiveness. And then one of these people to whom the unforgiveness was directed at died. That's supposed to bring some joy. Oh? Yeah. As a child, it was like, God don't punish you. God don't punish you. We looked at this woman. She had gathered herself and she went to the funeral. And in fact, that one of those people, they were so wicked that even the people close to them didn't come for their funeral. But this woman went. She said, it doesn't matter. It's my husband's name. It's okay. It's okay. It's not. Uh, it's, hey, this one, I don't know that Jesus she said. I don't think when I grow up I can save that Jesus that she said. But you realize that when you're obedient to God, even when it's difficult to do, a Reverend taught us something. It's not the easy things, it's how to do the difficult things. You get it. Some of us, we are so stubborn. So stubborn. Stubbornness brings curses. That's why sometimes your parents will say, go to school, you won't go. They'll say, you won't do. They'll say this, you won't do. You're heaping a curse on your life. Number two, utterances. I want us to go home. Utterances. There's a verse in this one. Maybe I'll end with this because I want us to go. I'll give you a few verses here. Psalm 19, verse 14. The Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. There's something about the Psalms that makes you realize that David had a, all those who wrote the Psalms, they had a different mindset. Because it's like, what I'm doing, 
The only the most important thing is that it should be acceptable to God. That's why I said, Pastor, even if you don't like what I'm doing and God wants me to do it, I'll do it. See, some of you, you compromise. The first person you give up is God. Yeah. Because if the brother says that if you don't sleep with me, I'll leave you. You sleep with him and sin against God. Can I say that? I can say that. Matthew 15, the Bible says in verse 11, not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. That's why I say that we have to be careful what we speak over each other, what we speak. As a pastor, I always have to be careful. Do you understand? What you speak, what you speak over your children, over your siblings, over your marriage, over everything. Some of you, even the bus driver, you curse him. It wasn't his fault. There was traffic. He was coming as best as he could. And you got there, you are late to work. Proverbs 12, 13 and 14. The Bible says that the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruits of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, which means a man will be satisfied with bad also by the fruit of his mouth, isn't it? Yeah. It is so important that, haven't you realized that when you fight with somebody, you too, when you go, you feel bad. Even though you say, I gave him my peace of mind, I've dealt with it, and you are so depressed. I was looking at this verse, and I was so surprised that I hadn't thought of it it said that, Proverbs 18, 7, it said that a fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. A fool's mouth. It means that what will destroy you is your mouth. Because whatever is coming, it said that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can speak life. You can speak death over everything. As for me, my back. As for me, my this. Hey, I'm still in my poverty. Oh, we had a friend whose auntie slogan. And this woman was not a poor woman. Hey, auntie, how are you? Hmm, I'm still in my poverty. Yeah, but you, some of you say different things. This exam I'll fail. This exam I'll fail. This exam I'll definitely. Reverend, thank you for your prayer, but this exam I'll fail. I thank God that you're praying for me, but, you know. Another thing that brings the case is deception. <laughs> Jacob said this. He said that Genesis 27, 12. He said that perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. That is why as much as lies within you, have a clear conscience. Be truthful. Even when it's difficult, be truthful. Be truthful. Even if it will cause you pain. Some of us, we need to be truthful to our spouse and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Proverbs 26, 2, the Bible says that as 
the bed by wandering as the swallow, by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. What I want to leave you with is that mind your actions. Mind your actions. It's better not to do it than have to deal with the consequences thereafter. The scripture that we just read, what it's saying is that as the sparrow in her wandering and swallowing her flying, so they can, which means that first of all, this swallow, it doesn't have a gender. It's just floating around. I mean, it's just going. And wherever it will alight, give us a new King James actually. Like a fleeting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a case without cause shall not alight. Because it's not planning to land anywhere. It's just, it's aimless. It's aimless. But it can just drop anywhere. Do, do you get what I'm saying? So you be mindful how you act, how you behave. Be conscious of it. What you allow. What you allow. Most of us, social media is deceiving us. It's bringing deception away. And now we are almost caught in between the word of God and what educationally and intellectually has been put on our face and it's like sinking in. Yeah, really, it's possible that maybe you are not actually a man. You probably may be a bit of a woman, more of a man, sort of in between. Now you have people who've been married 20 years and they leave their wife. Suddenly they realize that they prefer men or they prefer women. Watch your actions. Such a person, they probably expose themselves for so a long time to a gay community for a very, very, very long time. Yes. You become what you eat. Whatever you feed yourself on, you become it. As you have been eating McDonald's and McDonald's, haven't you seen that this manifestation of the Holy Spirit? Please rise up onto your feet. Let's see. Some of us backslid because we hanged out so long with people who didn't want to know God, didn't want to know about God. Before we knew it, we had backslidden. 